This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, you know the music, people. It is time for our week six NFL picks. And I've been the first to tell you of my successes picking NFL games. Last year, the best host of anybody uh, on the station. Two years ago, we picked every game in the NFL, finished up, uh, uh, I think it was uh, 11 games over 500. But the NFL gets you, gets everybody at some point. And uh, this year, it's got me so far. And if look, if this were baseball, I'd be headed to the Hall of Fame. Five out of uh, five out of fifteen. Uh, what's wrong with that? Another one and two week last week. Woof! It's been, it's been brutal. Five and ten on the season. Oh my God! This is a disaster. But. Much like every Monday is the day where I say, this is the week I'm going to start eating right. Tell my wife all the time, Maureen, this is it. Crack down. Cut out the snacks. It lasts usually until about, like, Thursday. I start, ah, I've had three good days in a row. Time to celebrate. This is the week it all turns around. Week six. And you know what the problem is? <clears throat> is it possible that the public as a whole, is better at picking games. Like, one of my real go-tos in the past has been, where is the public? Where, where's the overwhelming money headed from the public? Because just, just go the opposite of the public. They, they're not, they don't know what they're doing. But this year, so far, through five weeks, like, a lot of the big public plays have all hit. Got to maybe reevaluate. Is it possible we're getting smarter as the public? can't be that right it's gotta it's gotta course correct at some point the problem is it'll course correct as soon as i i switch allegiance all right let's start last week i i liked the lions under and uh that uh, was uh was gone by halftime i'm back on the lions this week lions at buccaneers detroit minus three i could give you some deep statistical based analysis on why that it comes down to the Lions are good, and I don't think the, the Buccaneers are. Buccaneers off to a hot start, 3-1 and one on the year. Lions are healthy. Last week, they played without uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. They played without uh, Jameer Gibbs, and were still able to roll easily. The Buccaneers, on the other hand, you look at yeah, Buccaneers, 3-1 and one on the year. Their wins are against the Vikings, the Bears, and the Saints. It's not exactly murderer's row. So I, I generally like to stay away from the Lions when they're outside of the Dome. But it's Tampa. The weather is not expected to be bad or no storm, no tropical storm coming in. So I just think the Lions are just a significantly better team. I think the Lions are for real. So give me the Lions minus the three. Game number two. <clears throat> Sometimes to win, you, you got to get gross. Sometimes you got to look at a game that's just a disgusting game. And it might, there might not be a better example of that this week. Patriots at the Raiders. Vegas minus three. This one, it's not a good game. I'm going to try and make you believe that. But it is kind of fascinating because... The Patriot people have been waiting 
for the Patriots to be dead. Pa- people have been waiting to finally kick dirt on Bill Belichick. And man, oh man, have they been kicking dirt on Bill Belichick and the Patriots, mainly because the Patriots are horrible. As bad as we talk about the t- you know the Giants, they, they can't do anything on offense, they can't do anything on defense, it's, it's, a, it's a mess. They've scored, what, 62 points on the year? Patriots have scored 55. Patriots are, are averaging 11 points a game. And they're coming off last week not scoring any points. But this is a fascinating game. Because if, if the Patriots are not able to beat the Raiders, it's much like uh, w- w- when we talk about the Giants at times. If you can't beat this team, who, who are you going to beat? So the, there's not been a lower point in terms of the public's eyes on the Patriots than right now. But to me, that's a good buy-low spot. Underdogs, one week coming off being shut out, hit at a very high clip. Teams that lost by 20 or more the week before and are underdogs the following week. Great bounce-back spot. Plus, Raiders coming off a short week playing on Monday Night Football. And, and look, what the... I don't know that the Patriots do anything well, but the Raiders don't really get great pressure on the quarterback. And they're 25th in the league uh, against the run. So the Patriots, I think they've had some bad turnover luck as well. This will be my final week. I've been on the Patriots a lot so far this year, and and clearly that has not... the, The repercussions of my own actions. No question, but... I think that this is a week that I can take the Patriots, take the points, and feel good about it. So give me New England plus three on the road. And then uh, finally, third game of the week. Tough to find. Not a, not a lot of great featured matchups this week. A lot of big point spreads. Giants games, big point spread. Staying away from that. It's tempted to take the Jets, but... I got I to lay off that. I'm, I'm taking the Patriots already. They've put me in a spot. Jets have put me in a spot. So let me stay away from them. I can't in good conscience pick the Giants. Although 15 and a half is a ton of points. I like taking the points. Let's look at the Colts and the Jaguars. Indy plus four and a half. Two teams that when you say, like the Jaguars, in your mind, you're like, oh, the Jaguars. They're, they're expected to take that next step this year. Colts are without their quarterback. They got Gardner Minshew. But at least so far this year, maybe it'll be different as, as the season goes along. But right now, they're, they're kind of similar teams. Jaguars coming off their best performance of the year, that win uh, against the, the Bills last week in London, the second of two weeks in London. And now they come back after really getting, I think that that was a benefit to them last week, spending another week in London where the Bills showed up, what was it, on Thursday or Friday and looked sluggish, looked uh, like they, they were their feet were in quicksand. But now Jaguars are coming back and don't have a bye week after spending two weeks in London. And to me, that could be a mistake. All 11 teams that did not have a bye after a London trip have been tied or trailing in the fourth quarter. And I think that the Colts, the Colts are kind of plucky. So I don't think that these teams are that very, all that much different. So I will take Indy and take the points. Plus four and a half. So those are your week six NFL picks. Colts plus four and a half. Patriots plus three. And of course, the Lions minus three. Your picks, surely to disappoint once again on the Gordon Damer Show. 
98.7 FM. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we get back into the NFL, Giants, Jets, everything week six, and it's only here on 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Coming up at 11.30, we will revisit receipts. Before the NFL season began, we uh, concocted a little segment allowing you, the listeners, to get on the record anything that you felt strongly about this NFL season. And it would be the type of thing where you could, you could come on, state your name, what you, receipt, what you wanted to print as a receipt, so you would have proof so that when it happened, you wouldn't, it, you wouldn't be some Johnny-come-lately. You could say, no, no, I said before the season – Bum, bum, bum. This was going to happen. That was going to happen. We have, the last couple of weeks, shied away from receipts, mainly because all of the receipts have been thrown in the garbage, my, my own included. Everybody's receipt has pretty much been thrown in the garbage at this point, and it's been proven uh, 100% wrong. From the guy who said that uh, J.K. Dobbins was going to lead the NFL in rushing, boy, did that guy ever put the, the kibosh on that. That one went sideways. We had a lot of uh, Daniel Jones was going to be better than this guy. We had a lot of the Giants were going to compete for the NFC East title. And Daniel Jones was going to get MVP votes this year. It went sideways quickly, people. And to think, here we are. It's week six. Week six. And this is what we're looking at. Who's the best quarterback in in, in, in New York football right now? Is it Zach Wilson? Is it Tyrod Taylor? Is it Trevor Simeon? Oh, my gosh. Week six. And, and just to get back to uh, Jose and Brooklyn's point, there, there are the, the, the Zach Wilson truthers are still out there. They still walk among us. And to hear the reaction, I don't know, maybe it's the, the positivity uh, of the Jets organization trying to rally behind Zach as much as they are. Maybe it's feeding off, people are feeding off of that and they're becoming delusional. But to hear the reaction in some quarters after the Broncos win on the quarterback, not on the win, great, you get a win, who cares? You're two and three, that's important. But to see the stories being written, the wildly optimistic stories being written based on the quarterback, he was not good. He, now, he didn't kill you, but it, I think that was more about who you were playing than how you were playing. The post, the Jets ending their playoff drought doesn't look impossible anymore. You play, guys, you played the Broncos. Zach Wilson had plenty to celebrate against Denver. Did he? <laughs> Did he, though? Again, they are the worst defense in the sport. And Zach Wilson threw for 200 yards, fumbled three times, had a critical interception late and completely botched the end of the first half. I don't know that celebrate would be what I would be doing. on. Again, you won the game. That's all that matters. Week five, Zach Wilson did everything asked him. The Jets have real hope again. Sports Illustrated had a story, there's real hope for Zach Wilson and the Jets. And in another story where it was, Zach Wilson is here to stay. Well, he's here to stay because they have no other options. No, They're not going to turn to Trevor Simeon. We get that. But I, I, I don't know what people are watching when they're watching these games. So, again, this is, maybe this is the better test. As I laid out before, the Chief game was one where 
you knew you didn't have much chance of winning, so throw caution to the wind and, and let Zach go out there, and, and he delivered. Again, I'm not trying to discount that performance. I thought that performance was, was clearly the outlier of all the games that he's played. That was the one time I thought, oh, well, maybe, just maybe they have something here. It wasn't just one drive. It wasn't just one throw. He looked better at that point than he has ever looked as the Jet quarterback for more than just a play or two here or there. But then last week was right back in the – oh, and he got sacked four times against Denver, which the defense is, again, as bad as there is in the NFL. So that was more of the product there than anything really that he did. Yes, you won the game, and he didn't kill you. But it wasn't for a lack of trying. Like, if he loses one of those fumbles, or if Denver's able to capitalize on an interception late, it's a completely different story. So here's another game. I would think that this one would line up a whole lot more like the Kansas City game, where you can now go out there and prove it, right? Not a lot of people are expecting you to win this game. Philadelphia is one of the top teams in the sport, 5-0, and picking up right where they left off last year. So throw caution the way. If you truly believe, as you say you do, that Zach Wilson is this and he's making these improvements and you saw great things in the Broncos game, well, then there's no reason why not to open it up. You're not going to just simply be able to hand it off to Brees Hall 30 times and win the game. You're going to have to make plays in the passing game. They're without Darius Slay. So go out there and, and, and take some shots down the field and show this confidence that you say you have in actual actions on the field and allow Zach Wilson to get back to the guy that he looked like in that Kansas City game. Kansas City, he looked, he looked confident. He looked, he looked the part, and he played the part. And that was not the case last week. He was much more uh, just trying to manage the game and, and, and looked more timid, was not as aggressive, was not taking as many shots as he did in that, uh, as they did in that Kansas City game. So here's, here's your opportunity to actually show it because this game lines up a whole lot more like that one than it does the, the Denver matchup a week ago. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. So coming up, a fresh round of receipts. I have one. I think Joe has one. If you have one, if you want to get on the record with something you feel strongly about for this week, Jets-related, Giants-related, football-related, Baseball playoffs related. Here is your chance. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. We're taking receipts next on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM. ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Say it with your chest. I'm taking receipts. It's a clown show. Gordon Damer's collecting receipts. Yeah, so far, I got to be honest with you, there's not been really any receipts that we're holding on to all that uh, tightly. Myself included. I, uh, but now, I still have uh, a couple of receipts that have not been just thrown directly in the trash. It's still dependent upon the NFL season. I, I'm hoping at this point that I, uh, they'll be as ridiculous as all the other receipts that we took. Because uh, the one that I had that was still uh, out there, I have two. Ravens not winning 11 games and uh, Dolphins finishing last in the AFC East. Now, that, that last one, I think it's going to be tough to make up that ground of the Patriots, but I don't want to speak too soon. The Dolphins' season sometimes has a way of getting away from us. And it's not usually, it doesn't usually turn out bad early on. Dolphin highlights in September, there's a lot of those. 
It's sunny. It's hot down. Oh, the other team can't adjust the heat. Got plenty of those, but we'll have to see if uh, it continues over the uh, the course of the season. And in two weeks, this week, it's the Panthers for them. Uh, you'd like to think that that should be an easy win. And then the Eagles, which should be a, a real showdown. All right. So I know that uh, if you want to get in on the receipts, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Joe, I know you have a couple of receipts. I have a couple here myself. So I'll, let, I'll, give, I'll cede the floor to you, Joe, and you give me your first one. All right. Well, all three of my preseason receipts are still alive. I'm okay. going to make a well, – Remind me. I've lost the list of receipts, so, which is the only real job I have in this whole segment, but I've lost it somehow. Uh, you'll find it. That's what receipts are like. like right. Even if you keep receipts, yes. you lose them, and then a rainy day the on Tuesday, yep. boom, you find it. Went through the laundry, which a lot of these receipts have went through the laundry. But my three preseason receipts were the Steelers would win the AFC North, Okay. which they are leading the AFC North as of right now. The Patriots would stink. I had them at 6-11. and 11. That, one look, that one's looking really good. They might not get to six wins the way that they're going. And I had Jalen Hurts winning the MVP, which is the receipt that okay. I'm kind of adjusting. All right. Why isn't Brock Purdy getting any love? He's on the best team. He, he looks really, really good. We're having conversations of – comparing him to Tom Brady with his decision-making. Why not Brock Purdy for MVP? Well, and I brought this up before, right? Uh, Because I think that the thing that's holding him back is you look at the situation that he found himself in, and he's surrounded by all these stars between uh, Christian McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk and the tight end, and even the fullback's great, and their offensive line is outstanding, and their defense is, is one of the top ones in the sport. So I think that that kind of costs him. But I would bring up, one of the, the, the front runner, I don't know if he's still the betting-wise front runner, was, was Tua. Uh, and I think that he's kind of in the same situation, not to the same degree. Their defense is certainly not as good as the Niners, but he's surrounded by talent. The, the most valuable player on that Dolphin team is not, e- is not even Tua. Tua's not even the most valuable guy on his own team. It's Tyreek Hill. He's the one that has changed everything down there because of his of his greatness so I, I agree with you if we're, if we're just looking at who's having the best season uh, Brock Purdy with the way he's able to he, he's surrounded by weapons but he's taking advantage of those weapons so if you're putting Tua as high up as he is I think that Brock Purdy should be ahead of him and my second receipt for this week I have the Phillies winning the World Series may maybe I'm buying into the hype maybe you know Bryce Harper having the tremendous start to his postseason. The pitching looking just incredible. But if Castellanos can play like this, if they get this version of Trey Turner, I don't see how the Diamondbacks stop them. And I don't see either team in the American League, just because I don't like either of those bullpens, being able to compete with the Phillies. So give me the Phillies raising the World Series trophy this year. All right, uh, we'll put you down for that receipt, Joe. Uh, the Phillies winning the World Series. I actually have a receipt uh, this week as well, and it also has to do with the baseball. And it, it's pretty much um, – I'm going this route based on how all the other receipts have turned out. I, I'm trying to learn from, from history here, and, and all the receipts have pretty much uh, blown up in our faces. So I am going to say the Astros are going to win the World Series this year. Hoping that I am wrong. I am, I am so done with the Houston Astros. I am so done 
with them being in the ALCS every single year. Uh, they, they've got their World Series. Good for them. They're the defending champ. Good for them. I am so sick. So if it means that I have to have another receipt blow up in my face just so I do not have to uh, watch the Astros either win a World Series or be back in a World Series, I will uh, feel great about that. So put me down. Lock it in. The Astros are, are and unfortunately, it feels like the only time my the, the receipts will actually come true is when it's it's the most painful thing, because uh, I don't have a lot of. I know the, uh, the the Rangers have looked great so far, and they've been rolling, and it feels like everything is uh, is lining up perfectly for them. Um, the fact that Max Scherzer says that he's ready to go, I don't know how how, how great that, that would make me feel if I were uh, you know betting on the the Texas Rangers. So give me the Houston Astros. As, as winning the World Series. And I'd be kind of fine with anybody winning the World Series except for Houston. So put me down for Houston winning another World Series and having to have to take that all in and just watch it, them celebrate and everything else that goes on with that corrupt organization down in Houston. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, more on the football, more on Week 6, the Jets, the Giants, and a whole lot more. It's the Gordon Tamer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Coming up, we'll uh, be doing the leftovers, as we do always, as we uh, wrap up the show at the top of the hour and hand things off to uh, Anita Marks. Uh, but a couple of little... Uh, House cleaning things to, to kind of wrap up that we've not gotten to already. And we've done a lot of football and the Jets and the Giants in week six. I don't know how, you know, I had the receipt before about uh, the Astros winning the World Series. Uh, we shall see. I certainly hope that, that that does not become the case. Uh, to me, if I had to rank it right now, um, I, I guess the team I'm pulling for most is the, the Phillies because there's at least a little bit of a local flavor to that. And uh, as a Yankee fan, that annoys the Met fan. And the Met fan was probably uh, excited to see the Braves get knocked out the way they did, but it would annoy them if the Phillies are, are getting not back to a World Series but winning one. And um, they, they've had a kind of a, a, a good story kind of all year with everything that they, they've gone through with the, the Trey Turner thing. Whether or not the Phillies win the World Series or not, at least they know they firmly have taken up space in, in the Braves' minds. They are living rent-free in, in the Braves' heads here, at least until next year. And, and look, the Braves are probably going to be a very good team next year and, and for the foreseeable future. But to watch the way they melted down in that series where they were fortunate to even win one game. And to, to see the way that everything broke down with the Orlando or Arcia and uh, his reaction after those comments that got out uh, about uh, Attaboy Harper and, and, and Harper's reaction and Arcia's reaction, I mean, boy, oh, boy, to that, that video of him barking at Philly fans, it, it's, it's, it's hard to uh, remember a, a player who was like it, it, rent-free in his mind. They are rent-free in his mind. And sticking out his tongue and, and, and I mean, what, dude, what are you doing? And, and finally it took Acuna, Acuna to, to, to turn him around and say, knock that what, what guy, dude, you're, you're, you're a professional here. And chirping at the fans the way he did. 
that was that was not a good look. Uh, and all the the excuses about the playoff format and everything else, and Travis Darno's comments about the comments made by um, by Arcia that that kind of got the whole thing started with, with with Harper and the stare down and all that type of stuff. They really embarrassed themselves. And, and Travis Darno. I don't know, maybe fans don't realize this, and I realize fans are generally not going to be on the side of the media, but him saying that the, 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 the clubhouse is this sacred place, well, okay, fine, but you, there is a time where reporters are in there, and, and it was not a surprise that reporters were. This was not something that was overheard outside the locker room. There are specific times where reporters are allowed to be in the locker. I think it's for like, I don't, I don't even know if it's, if it's 30 minutes or so. Um, but they can't just go walk in and walk out whenever they want. It's, 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 it's drawn up. And, and trust me, players know exactly when they're allowed in there and not allowed in there. So um, that, that whole scene for a, a Braves organization that's kind of been held up as the model, right? Like, oh, the, the, the team that you want to be like is the Braves, right? Everybody, they have young stars. They've got them signed up long term. They have all this unbelievable success. And to see them kind of melt down in that spot where they were the team this year. There's no, there were other successful teams, and I'm sure for those teams, they, they wanted to win a World Series as well. The Braves were the one that really kind of had to win a World Series this year. Otherwise, the series, uh, the season was a failure. And for them to get knocked out by the Phillies again after winning all those games in the regular season and, and not really being all that into the series, like... Again, they did win the one game, but even that game was a, a little bit of a fluke. And you thought, okay, with the way that game ended, maybe that gets the, the, the Braves going. And, and to see the way the last two games went and, and the Phillies at home and their crowd and everything else, boy, that's a, that's a rough off season for Braves fans who are a, a sensitive lot to begin with. And, and now to be dealing with that and thinking, okay, well, we're, we're still a really good team, but it feels like there is something missing because it's not clicking in October uh, it's going to be a long off season for the Braves, especially with the way that, the, that they're going to have to ma- match up against the Phillies again next year, based on the fact that they're in the division and they might win the division again. But even if they, I mean, how many w- games can you, it's like the old John Madden line, like the pain of getting ousted in the playoffs is knowing all the work that you have to put in just to get back to the same spot. They got back to the same spot this year and, and looked even worse in getting ousted by the Phillies. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, The Leftovers. Next on The Gordon Damer Show, it is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is The Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. And you know what the biggest takeaway, well, maybe not yet, or maybe it is already. Certainly, I think it's already the case for the Giants. We'll see if it's the case for the Jets after the uh, Eagles game tomorrow. Biggest takeaway from the Jets and Giants season so far? Man, there's a lot riding on the Knicks. Boy, do we need the Knicks to be good this year. We can't have any slow starts. We can't have any coaching drama. We can't have any injuries. We need the Knicks to hit the ground running. Now, maybe, you know, if you're a Ranger fan or a Devil fan, that will uh, get you through things. But for me personally, I I need the Knicks to be good. I need the Knicks. Jalen Brunson, I need you to... I need you. I need you. George Costa, hang on, ma, hang on. I need the Knicks to be good because I, I don't know how many uh, how, how many meaningful games we are going to have. Forget about December. How about November? Are we going to have some meaningful games in November when it comes to the Jets and the Giants? So the Knicks are, are right around the corner, and 
And uh, based on how think you might be sitting there Sunday night thinking, man, next season cannot get here soon enough. All right, so it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. I just wanted to run th- uh, do a little uh, house cleaning here as well. Brought up earlier today about the Giants and the possibility of picking one or two in the draft. And uh, it seems like right now as we sit here in time, it's, it's almost a lock that it's going to be quarterback, quarterback going one, two uh, with uh, Caleb Williams and, and Drake May. And I brought up generally when it's one, two, one guy's good and the other guy's not. Uh, there's, there's not been, I don't think that there's been a case of guys go, maybe back in the day. Um, you, you could find one. The, the, the most recent examples, obviously, uh, this past draft, but too early to say that. You have the, the, the uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson draft. I think we can see which way that one's going. Um, when you have 2015, Winston and, Mar- and Mariota. Both guys, it wasn't one or the other. It was both. It weren't, uh, didn't turn out to be anything special. I guess the best example, and somebody brought up uh, the Eli draft with Eli and um, and uh, Philip Rivers, but they didn't go one, two. That's my point. There can be drafts where there's more than one good quarterback. I'm not going to debate that, but I'm just saying when guys go one, two, at least in history, there's not been a, a real example of both guys being good. The closest you probably could have 2012, Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin III. Now, it didn't last that way because RG3 got hurt and and was never really the same player again. And even Andrew Luck, who uh, had a a very strong career but retired as early as he did, uh, I don't think that anybody – if you have a pick this year, one or two in the draft, you say, oh, he's going to have the exact same kind of career as Andrew Luck. I don't know if you'd you'd feel all that great about that. When you're picking number one in the draft and you're getting this supposed generational talent – you expect that that's going to uh, to pay off with with Super Bowls. Uh, 99, Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb. I think it's pretty clear which guy was good there and which one wasn't. 98, Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf. Pretty clear which guy was good there. Uh, 93, Drew Bledsoe and Rick Myrer. Pretty clear which guy was good there. Uh, okay, so here you go. Here's a good example. I guess both guys were good, although it didn't turn out. You, the, uh, Jim Plunkett and uh, Archie Mann. That's a very long time ago, and Plunkett didn't turn out good for the, for the Patriots. It wasn't until later with the Raiders, uh, and Archie Manning, certainly his career uh, with the Saints was, uh, he was good, but the team was terrible, and they didn't win until he uh, was gone. All right, so there you go. So kind of pointing out, if it turns out that this year, 1-2, the guys go 1-2, and they both turn out to be excellent players, it'll be the first time, basically, that it's ever happened. All right, it is time now for The Leftovers. A hungry damer is never full. At this stage of my life, eating is like 90% of my joy. Where he answers the unanswerable. Got to do something with my hands. I got to get busy. No algorithm can defeat the GD. These are Gordon Damer's leftovers. All right, so these are uh, sometimes sports topics, sometimes not sports topics that uh, the people working on the show want answered. And I feel like as the older and wiser portion of the show, I'm just the guy to answer them. So, uh, Joe, Julian, fire away. So I got one. It's kind of it's football related. It's okay. not related to any of the local teams. It has to do with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Okay. When can we officially say that, you know, the, the Chiefs of old with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey has gone by the wayside and they've kind of entered 
a new era, kind of like what the Patriots went through with the two Super Bowl runs with Brady. The people, the you know, co- coach and quarterback were the same, but those two dynasty teams were drastically different. So when can we? What what's the linchpin for kind of the changing of the guard with the Chiefs? Well, I don't know that you're going to – I mean, it's going to kind of depend on, on this season. Now, I would grant you they have not looked like we kind of envisioned the Chiefs to look. I feel like a lot of that could be contributing uh, – the, the main contributor to that, I, I just feel like the Chiefs kind of get bored sometimes. And you see this with teams that have experienced the, the ultimate highs of championships, that the regular season kind of becomes a drag to them. Uh, and they know they can beat these teams easily. Like the Chiefs playing the, the Jets and playing the Broncos, like it, this is beneath them. So they kind of get – and even it, sometimes in games, I think the Jet game, they raced out to the big lead, and, and sometimes the Chiefs kind of take their, their foot off the gas pedal. Um, so I'm not ready to say that, it, that this is not the same. I, would, I do think, though, that if you're talking about teams that could afford to make a, a big acquisition – and, and pick somebody up before the trade deadline. It would not shock me if the Chiefs are, are looking in that route. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's been uh, any names that have kind of been floated out there so far. Would, would uh, I guess not with Pacheco, but would, would Saquon Barkley be a fit on the Chiefs? Could they, would they be able, uh, that would be like a dream spot for Saquon, but I don't know necessarily that they need to. I think more they need like a, a, an outside receiver. What about Mike they, Evans? Yeah, Mike Evans would be right. That would that kind of got floated earlier on in the season, and it seems like that's kind of because the Buccaneers have gotten off to a decent start. We'll see. There's still some time before uh, Halloween, uh, but no, that would be that would be like the right kind of player that you're talking about. That would be a perfect fit, right? You, you'd throw him on there with with Kelsey, who's. I, I, here's the thing for me: Are teams trying to cover him? Like he gets he, he doesn't just get open by a little bit. He's open, by, and he's not, like, super fast, but he's always open. It, I, I, like, it's, I, I get it. The Chiefs are, are, are drawing up plays to get him open, but, man, oh, man, is he ever open? It's like, there's, like, guys standing, like, four yards away from him when he's catching the ball a lot of times. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's very interesting. Um, here's one for me. Now, Jet, you're a Jet fan, Joe. Yes, I am. Would you rather this is not a this is not a K show vehicle, but would you rather if you're a Jet fan who's watching Zach Wilson, would you rather see him play functional so that the optimism surrounding him can remain throughout the course of the season and you win more games than you're not making the playoffs, but say you win eight games, or would you rather him be bad enough so that you're getting a higher pick? Um, probably because I think he's going to be around anyway. I, I think they're going to pick up his fifth year option. Oh, my God. So I think that Chiefs game pretty much sold it. So being that he'll be here anyway with Rodgers backing him up, I want him to succeed as much as I don't like him as a quarterback and I don't think he's good. I do want him to succeed, and I want the team to to play well, and I want this team to win. So, in a weird way, I want I want him to be good, but I just the optimism is not there. And I agree with you. I don't know where these Zach Wilson truthers have came out of the woodworks from, because you would think they would, you know, pump their chest from the 
Chiefs game, but they're doing it after the Broncos game, and he was awful, and he almost cost us the game. But I, so I don't know. I, I'm uh, long answer. I want him to actually play well. Oh, I said it the other night. Uh, at this point, to be Prozac, I think you have to actually be on Prozac. So uh, Joe Leo, though, the captain of the Zach Wilson bandwagon. There you go. All right, so that's it for, for leftovers. That's it for the show. Didn't get us on the phone. Certainly, you can hit us up on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon, Damer, at Gordon Damer. Anita Marks, coming up next, only here, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.